You're listening to a message from Victory Church of the Bay Area. For more information, please visit us on our website at victoryus.org. Right. Let me turn it over to Pastor June Escazar. Pastor June Escazar, like Joel mentioned, is the Asia Director of Every Nation. He oversees all of our churches in Asia. He is uh, the George Washington of Victory, meaning first to get saved, first pastor, first campus evangelist, first worship leader. His employee number is 0001. So 007, that's nothing. He's only number seven out of all the agents, but 001, that's the prime number. So Pastor June, okay, would you just join us? Thank you, Pastor Michael. It's just a joy for us to be here. Finally, we've seen this uh, new place. So uh, at least even though we're not present here, but we were part of the journey of, uh, again, believing God with you. And God has blessed us with this, with this beautiful place. I didn't realize it was over 200 in capacity, so we have a lot of room for growth. Thank you, guys, uh, for, again, uh, again, the success of our church is not dependent on who stands up here and speaks on Sunday, but it really is dependent on every one of us doing our part uh, in the church. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.16 that uh, God brings the increase when each one of us, each part begins to function. This is how the Lord really blesses us. And we just want to honor every one of you for faithfully serving. Of course, it's a challenge to be in a beautiful place like this. I was there and I was really resisting the idea of just relaxing too much. <laughs> so be on the edge. Uh, can we give Pastor Michael a very big hand? We always make it a point to swing by here. Uh, Pastor Neil and Blanche, they are very dear friends to us. Unfortunately, when we set the date, he already had a previous commitment, but it is perfect that we would be here just to be able to bless you. Yesterday, we had some amazing meetings, meeting with the singles, and just really talking about some of the most important matters of the heart, about pursuing godly relationships. We had such a blast yesterday, and I don't know if we recorded it, but those of you who missed it, it was wonderful, and I'm sure at a certain point, probably they'll be able to bless you as well. And so, uh, let me uh, just keep my time. Uh, as I was thinking through what I'm going to share with us this uh, morning, I, I thought I'd like to build on what Pastor uh, Michael has shared. Oh, by the way, you might wonder, I forgot just to mention, part of our coming here is uh, we visited last Sunday San Diego. We now have a victory San Diego. I'm sure you all are updated, but it's been incredible. God is doing a mighty work in just the last five months. Wow, the church has grown so much last uh, Saturday, or that was yesterday, they had their victory weekend first time, and they were able to baptize 16 brand new people. Uh, just, it's just been so incredible. And then we stayed there four days. We went to Detroit, visited Pastor Joel McPantai. Just incredible. Of course, we worked so hard like crazy. We thought, because we were not hitting a Sunday, that maybe we can relax. But that was the most intense moment we had there with uh, spending time with their key leaders. But they rewarded us. We spent the last day kayaking in the beautiful river of some place. It was a wonderful time, and then we flew here. Uh, we will fly out next Tuesday, but we're so honored uh, and glad that we could be here. So speaking a lot, can you show the picture, by the way, also my family? I don't have a control here, but uh, we've been traveling like crazy just in the last several months. We've been to Armenia, to Papua New Guinea. Uh, we, we, we planted these brand-new churches. We have now an official church, effective May 25. Uh, Armenia is beside Turkey. It's a very significant nation. This is where the Ark of uh, Noah's Ark rested. And it, uh, on top of its snow, all throughout the years, perpetual snow. 
That is what the locals believe. The Ark of Noah is preserved in God's providence, that it is actually there, which is why Turkey took some serious interest and waged war with them just to secure that area. But nonetheless, we have a church going. We have a 10-day steam there. A lot of people are getting saved. It is so exciting what God's doing. We've just launched a new work, a brand new church in Papua New Guinea, just about a month ago, a month and a half ago. One of the most dangerous countries in the world, but God has uh, graciously blessed us with great open doors. And uh, so because of these travels, uh, I'm glad that our family could uh, spend our vacation in Sydney for 10 days. We're so blessed. So uh, my, my son is uh, incoming first-year college uh, at University of the Philippines, and my daughter will be incoming third year. So we're just very glad. Today, I want to speak to you on the practical side, just building on what Pastor Michael shared about being the children of light. Uh, I want to talk about our identity as well as our responsibility. So let me go ahead and with a few minutes that I have, Acts chapter 13, verse 47, it says, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. God does not just pluck us out of the kingdom of darkness and put us to the kingdom of His beloved Son so that we would enjoy each other's fellowship. That is true. It is so important, but God has a much greater purpose why God delivers us from the control of darkness and that He wants us to be a what? A light to people around us. Our world is so gripped with corruption and decay and darkness. Everywhere we turn, there's just a lot of problems going on. And this is not the time for Christians to actually hide. The Bible says we are light of the world. You don't hide the light. You let it shine so the world could see it. In 1 Peter 2.9, Pastor Michael end with this verse, but I would like to emphasize to you something even more important. I want you to see an important identity. He said, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We have been set apart by God to be His own, but we have a responsibility. What is that responsibility that we might what? Declare. Declare the praises of Him who called us out of darkness. When Jesus came, He made a declaration when He read the book of Isaiah, the Lord has anointed me by His Spirit to what? Proclaim freedom to the captives. There is life and death is in the power of the tongue. We have to make a declaration in the midst of all the prevalent evil and corruption and decadence around us. We have to declare in our prayer. We have to continue to speak blessing over our city, over our nation. And in a moment, we are going to zoom in in the present realities and the challenges that we face here in America. Verse 12 says, Live such godly lives among pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your what? Your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. This is what it means to be a witness. And then in, Ma in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, you will receive power. This is not just according to your own ability and your own strength. God said, I will give you power to become my what? My witnesses in your Jerusalem and Ju in Judea, in Samaria. Samaria is a picture not only of a geographic expansion of the work of God, but it also represents indifference, people that we, have, we don't like. And you know, this is a multi-cultured, multi-ethnic city. And there are sometimes people we hate, 
There's been a lot. I mean, there's been killings here, even in San Francisco. There's been a lot of issues about different ethnics. Uh, I think from different countries have come here, caused trouble, killed people. You know, oftentimes it is so easy to generalize a particular race and we start hating them. That's what Satan wants us to do. But Jesus died for every single person. He died for every language, people, race. And therefore, you know, you know, there are a lot of people that try to precondition our hearts to despise and create animosity in our hearts. We have, as Christians, bypass all this. Because these are also people God loves. God loves the whole world. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. God does not discriminate any race, any people. And therefore, we have to also break through our Judea. Yeah, I mean, uh, our Samaria. It's easy for the Jews to go to, to, to Jerusalem. That's their nation. To go to Judea, that's their neighboring Jewish people. But Samaria, no way. They hated the Samaritans. The Lord is dealing with us to deal with animosities in our hearts if we want to reach the ends of the earth. In Matthew 5, verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And then in verse 16, it said, Let your light shine before men. It is very important that as Christians, we do not keep light to ourselves. He said, what good is salt if it loses its saltiness? What good is light if you hide it? Right? So it is good for nothing, the Bible says. I believe it is very important for us. This is a very powerful message. The truth that we are indeed children of light. Jesus is light. Amen? And those that follow Him walks in the light, no longer in darkness. We have been set free. 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20 says, All this is from God. Again, part of our responsibility as children of light. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ, delivered us from darkness, and now gave God giving us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, now counting men's sin, against them, and He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore, verse 20, Christ ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Let me tell you, the future of our cities and our nations will depend on how faithful we are in our role as Christ ambassadors, as ministers of reconciliation. San Francisco, even to think about the bigness of this state, may seem overwhelming. Or California as a state may seem too overwhelming for us. But you know what? You don't need to focus even on the intimidating numbers of millions and millions of people living in this state. God just expects you to be faithful with the little things. Your neighbor, your classmate, your best friends, your office mates, start reaching out to one person. Amen? And then the Lord, watch how the Lord is going to use you. The reality, let me show you quickly about the reality of the world we live. Some of this, again, Pastor Michael have quoted some of this scripture. John 3, 19, this is the verdict, light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light for fear that their evil deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the same thing it says, the God of this age has blinded 
the minds of the unbelieving. How do they do that? So that they cannot see the light. They cannot see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Let me just show you a few of the present realities we face in this nation of America. Since 1991, the adult population in the U.S. has grown by 15%. But also during that same time, the number of adults who do not attend church has nearly doubled, rising from 39 million to 75 million, a 92% increase. There is something wrong with the picture. If we are truly salt and light, to really make an influence, you don't need a lot of glass of salt to make flavor on soup. Just a little bit makes an impact. Where, has, where is the impact of the church in this nation? It seems to me like some of the people are not really anti-God or anti-Christ. They are simply anti-church. They find irrelevance in the church. Churches splitting. Churches plagued with politics. This is why we cannot play church. We have to be serious with God. We have to focus on God's mission, not just on what makes us comfortable, not just focus on the fact that God has saved us, now we're going to heaven. We have an obligation and a responsibility to share to our neighbors Christ. The United States is the third largest unchurched nation in the world today. Once the greatest missionary sending nation is now, has now become an unchurched nation. North America as a continent is the only continent where Christianity is not growing today. What happens to the Christians in this nation? What happens to the church in this nation? Seven out of ten people in North America do not know Christ. Seven out of ten in all of North America. Again, that's a continent, not just United States of America. Let me show you some of the other present realities. More than 80% of all churches in the United States are plateauing or declining. 50% of all the churches in America are below 100 in numbers. 50%. Half of all the churches last year did not add one person through conversion growth. Half of all the churches in America did not even get one soul saved. What has happened to the church in America? While the U.S. population grew by 11.4% over the last 10 years, church growth declined by 9.5%, according to George Barna a researcher, a Christian researcher. By the year 2010, so apparently this is a statistics about five years ago, more than 100 million Americans will look elsewhere than church for spiritual direction. If the church is not truly the salt and light that God has called for it to be, then people will find spirituality somewhere else. Let's move on. In the next slide, the church to population ratio is also declining for every 10,000 Americans. In 1900, there were 27 churches for every 10,000 Americans. In 1950, 17 churches. In 1996, there were 11 churches for every 10,000 Americans. I don't know the statistics today. I hope the trends somehow had shifted. Let's just hope it did. America has become one of the major mission fields, particularly in California, primarily through immigration. Here are some additional facts every day in America. The Children's Defense Fund has reported that every single day in America, one young person under the age of 25 dies from HIV. Five children 
of youth under the age of 20 commit suicide. This is every day in the United States. Nine children or youth under age 20 are homicide victims. 34 children or youth under 20 die in accidents. Moving on. 180 children in America every day are arrested for violent crimes. 367 children are arrested for drug abuse. 437 children arrested for drinking or dr drunken driving. 2,800 over high school students drop out. Over 3,000 children run away from home every day. Over 4,000 children are arrested every day. Every day in America, over 7,000, almost 9,000 children are reported abused or neglected. Every day in the United States of America, se over 17,000 public school students are suspended. You want some more? According to the American Family Association Journal registered in 2002, this is shocking to me, that 55% of Christian students from Christian homes are denying their faith before they graduate college. This is why the need for campus presence to present Christian worldview, an alternative worldview, people have to believe. If there's a lot of secular, ungodly teachings and humanism, this is the state of the souls of young people in America today. And as a church, we cannot afford to be comfortable, to be complacent to these oblivious and grim realities. Here's our mandate. Our mandate is to get as many people saved. But remember, Paul, to the Jew, I became like a Jew. Everything, he does everything for the sake of winning lost souls for Jesus. Let us not get comfortable. I'm thankful to God we have a church, a disciple-making church. Give yourselves to training. Give yourself, sharpen your skills. Because the greatest legacy is not about making money and achieving your dream home. That's all part of the package. Don't get me wrong. God's not against you prospering. God wants you blessed so that you could be generous on every occasion, so you, you could be conduits and channels of God's blessings. God is not intimidated by your wealth, but He wants you to be an instrument of His blessing to the rest of the world. We are blessed to be a blessing. Acts 26, 17, I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. And in part of that, by the way, is turning people from darkness to where? To the light. Today, what people call rights is very wrong in the eyes of God. People fight for their rights. They are deluded. They deny the truth. And they have come under a spirit of delusion. And America is swaying more towards more and more of that, and it's grievous to the heart of God. And I think it is our responsibility not to be overwhelmed by it, but to do our part little by little. Amen? Be faithful with what we have. God didn't place you in your workplaces just to make money, but He placed you there strategically to be salt and light, wherever you may be. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul said. Why? Because the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Amen? We're not selling here vacuum cleaners, man, and certain products. Maybe you're embarrassed to share. What we are telling people is a matter of life and death. Why should we be ashamed of the gospel? Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 15 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then can they call on the one they cannot even believe? How can they believe in the one whom they have not even heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? If people 
if America failed to hear, it's because we failed to tell. If America, the failure of America to hear is the failure of the church to mobilize workers to go into the harvest. It gets back to us. No matter how much you justify, hey, people share heart, they're anti-Christian. We know that. We know the world is like that, but we've got the greatest good news of all. You know, as a matter of fact, God will not hold you accountable if you proclaim the gospel and they don't accept Christ. It is their responsibility. But we have an obligation. Can you imagine the day come in heaven? You're lining up. You're going to heaven. And some people are cursing you because they said, we've been together all these years. You've never even told me the gospel of Jesus Christ. That would be terrible, isn't it? Here's the good news. John 4.35. Do not say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Jesus describes the harvest as plentiful and ripe. No matter what all the picture I showed you, no matter how green it looks like, no matter how terrible those statistics are, God said the harvest is plentiful. Amen? No matter what the circumstances look like, Jesus said the harvest is numerous and it is ready. The field is not unripe. Don't say it's later. Now the harvest is ready. All we need to do now is simply this, based on John 4 is to simply open our eyes and look. The problem is we are not looking or we are not opening our eyes. I just did a few minutes because of the shortness of time just as a quick eye-opener to us of what is happening. And I tell you, we could give you tons more information. But we have a responsibility. No one else will. I'd like to close with this one last slide. And I hope that this encourages you. This is a quote from Rick Warren. There are people on this planet whom only you will be able to reach. Listen to this. Only you. Not an evangelist, not a pastor. Only you will be able to reach because of where you live and what God has made you to be. If just one person will be in heaven because of you, your life will have made a difference for eternity. That is the value of one soul, which is why even if one soul gets saved, heaven is rejoicing. Because if you impact just one life, you impact an entire generation of people. Why? Because that person will become one day a mom or a dad. Because of their faith, children and their children's children will all become believers because simply of their faith. Never give up on your walk with God. It is more than just your life. It's the lives of those God has destined to be saved because of you. Amen? Are we open to accept this challenge today? Let me pray a prayer of grace for all of us. Father God, thank you once again for nudging us. Thank you, first of all, for loving us. You loved us unconditionally. You never put conditions because of how much you love us. You plucked us out of the kingdom of darkness. You have given us a new identity in Christ. We are now children of light, chosen. A royal priesthood. You've called us to be kings and priests, to be mediators to be ministers of reconciliation, to reach out to those lost people and to bring them into the kingdom of God. Lord, it is my prayer today. It is my prayer, Lord God, that you would use every single one of us. Lord God, somehow, start with the people around us. Identify. Identify maybe one or two that the Lord might call us to reach. 
to pray for them, to intercede for them. Lord God, to do everything we can to be involved in their lives. And hopefully one day that we will have an opportunity to share Christ to them and bring them into your kingdom. Lord, let us not be intimidated by the overwhelming need and sometimes the discouraging picture of what we see and hear. But Lord, let us to be steady. Lord, you said in your word that where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Lord God, that your kingdom is forcefully advancing. Despite the evil, your kingdom is expanding forcefully. And forceful men lay hold of the kingdom of God. So Father, I pray, let your kingdom come in America afresh. Let your will be done in, the, in our lives, in the lives, in the life of this nation. This nation does not belong to the devil. This nation belongs to God. I declare your lordship over United States of America, Lord. Father God, thank you that the kingdom of God is more powerful than the kingdom of darkness. And Lord, release the spirit of revival in this nation afresh. Quicken the church of Jesus Christ to rise up, Lord God, and take your gospel, proclaim your gospel to the nations, to, the, to this entire nation. And once again, raise America up to be a light to the nations. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say a big amen. God bless you all.